Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. I think today those that have tuned in are definitely going to be in for a treat with G. Brian Benson. G. Brian Benson, hello. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, I'm really good, Dr. (laughs) Cheryl. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Well, the reason everybody's in for such a treat, Brian, and I'm going to call you Brian, it's supposed to G. Brian, but everybody, it's gbrianbenson.com. You're going to be in for such a treat to go to gbrianbenson.com. I have to drill that into everybody because because what, Brian, what you have to offer for your uh, for people who go to your website, it's just a lot of really easy to take um, inspiration about being awakened. And since you are the founder of Reawaken Media, waking up the world, tell me a little bit about your experience of what it's like to live a life that's not awakened, in contrast to a life that is awakened. And I just while I give you that to contemplate, yeah, uh, I, I think that. For me, life has been a series of awakening to the next level of awakening. So I'm not sure even in my childhood I wasn't awake. And since you write children's books, well, dot, dot, dot. So there we go. Back to the question of what was it like to not be awakened and to finally awake? Well, boy, that's a huge question. It can go a lot of different ways. (laughs) But I think think ultimately we're we're kind of here just to re-remember. Right. You know, kind of what we already kind of maybe knew before we came in and and what have you. And so for me, I've just um, kind of looking back, I've always really tried very hard to be the best version of myself. And and I liked what you said, how it's just kind of like kind of keep keep awakening up to the next step or next level or what, you know, however you want to describe it. So so for me, I just, you know, just kind of kept. Um, reading and learning and growing and and being open to things and and just I don't know just letting you know ultimately it's a it's a matter of kind of learning to trust your intuition and so once I began to do that things got a little bit easier and and everything that I've really done uh, and created um, with you know in the last nine years ever since I left my family business has just been kind of a offshoot of me just working on myself and listening to my intuition and just kind of following a nudge. I, I never planned on writing. I never planned on acting. I never planned on really doing anything that I'm doing. Seriously, it was not even a blip on my radar. And so I just kind of, as I worked on myself, I, I just kept stepping out of my comfort zone. And, and it's kind of put me where I'm at now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's tell people a little bit about what you've been doing over the nine next, the nine past years and where you're yeah. at in terms of this year so that people can kind of put you in the scheme of their own point of reference that you really have excelled. And I, I guess I want to start off with your excellence as an athlete. I think that people don't realize that being athletic is actually a spiritual awakening as well mm-hmm. as a bodily awakening. Uh, but mm-hmm. tell, tell, tell me, you, you've, you, well, you, in your own words, I'm just flawed. <laughs> I, I work out every day, but I've never done an Ironman. So tell me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. I started, um, I was very athletic in, in school and, you know, played a bunch of different sports. And 
And then I, I got into college and I had a, my kneecap got knocked out of place playing mud football with some buddies. And so then I had to have um, rehabilitation and then it went out again and surgery. And, and I just, oh, I, a couple of my friends had done a couple of short triathlons and that kind of inspired me to maybe set a goal to shoot for once I rehabbed my leg. And so I started, you know, getting into shape and feeling good about myself and feeling confident. And I went and did um, a, a short triathlon that might have been like maybe a 500-yard swim and maybe a 15-mile bike ride and a 5K run or something. But it just, I felt so alive and it felt really fun. It was just fun. And so I ended up doing four more that summer and I just kind of got hooked and I did 10 more the year after that. And, and then the third season was the first year that I did my first Ironman. And I just knew, boy, I just knew that I was going to do it. The very first year that I started in triathlons, I just kind of, it was just an intuitive feeling. I actually even wrote a poem, and it's horrible, but it was just to, that, I, that I kind of <laughs> captured the feeling of what it would be like to finish an Ironman. So I guess I kind of made that happen or affirmed it or manifested it before I even realized what I was doing. And and then it just kind of you know came to fruition three years later, and it just, it was really nice. I was in my 20s then, and it just kind of gave me, I think, maybe the courage and the mindset to believe that I could accomplish what, you know, whatever I set my, my um, sights on. And so, so that was nice to kind of have those under my belt. I, I did them out over, I spread them out over a course of 20 years. Um, the last one I did was in 2006, but I, it was just nice to kind of have those maybe in my back pocket as a little bit of a foundation builder as I stepped out into the complete unknown with all these other things that I've done. Mm-hmm. And and the the, the, la- the latter stuff was a lot harder for me, and it took a lot more courage, believe it or not, just because I think I was already athletic, you know what I mean, and, and such. Mm-hmm. But um, But it was nice to have those under my belt. I think that when you talk about using guided imagery or using your intuition, that I want to to start off with being the athlete first because that's really where you have to apply actual activity, dedication, fortitude, persistence. (laughs) And I often hear people talk about guided imagery and intuition, and I totally get the power of those, no question. But those Mm -hmm. without the fuel of, nasty persistence and working on something and it really just fall flappy dead in the, in the air and you may think that but you know I deal with a lot of people who are very idealistic and they wonder why the magic isn't happening where they are the magic in their activities and what they do and their dedications and the magic mm-hmm. may start with their intuition or their guided imagery but it really that cannot be the thing you hang all your successes or failures around. So uh, what do you think about that idea? I'm pretty persistent on this idea. Well, you know, I just, uh, I just knew that I was supposed to do it. So I just did it. I didn't even think twice. I just, just moved in that direction. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what's happened with all the stuff that I've recently been doing too. I just felt like I was supposed to do it. And so I just headed that direction. But, um, I don't know. I have a video out on YouTube from maybe three or four years ago where I just told a really short story about the power of um, visualization, and I, and I applied it to um, one of the last Ironmans I did. And, and the first two that I did, I 
was quite younger and, you know, um, was not a father then. But 10 years later, I decided to do, actually 15 years later, I decided to do my third one. And I had an 11-year-old son at the time, and I just really wanted him to kind of just maybe share the experience with me a little bit. And so, hmm. um, you know, seven months before as I'm training and getting up early and swimming and riding the bike before work and just, you know, it, it, it becomes kind of a, a lifestyle yes, <laughs> um, to do something like that. Yeah. But I just held in my mind just this vision of him finishing with me, you know, grabbing him, you know, like a hundred yards to go and just, you know, having him cross the line with me. And I never told him about this, but it just, that was really, that really gave me a lot of, a lot of um, courage and empowerment to, to train and to get ready for it. And, and, you know, and that day that it happened, it just, it could not have been any more perfect. And, and he was surprised when I grabbed him and it just, it was, I have the most wonderful picture of us finishing together. And it really was one of the best days of my life. And mm-hmm. so that was really a special, um, special moment to uh, where visualization, you know, I think really um, that's maybe a little different than like just kind of following a nudge into the unknown, but you know what I mean? But, uh, but that was, that was a very special moment where it really came, came out as I had planned. So everybody, if you don't know who G. Brian Benson is, you will at the end of this program (laughs) and you'll be inspired to be your own version of you, which I think you really do emphasize in the books that you write for children and the self-help mm-hmm. book is Brian's list 26 and a half easy to use <laughs> ideas on how to live a fun life balanced and happy and healthy life it's just it's so interesting to 26 and a half that's so fabulously odd <laughs> so talk to me about that book wow well it's kind of the thing that kind of pointed me in the direction that I've been on in the journey that I've been on the last nine years. So I was um, running my family's business in Salem, Oregon for 11 years. We had a golf center, like a driving range and a retail golf store and a nine hole par three course. And I was just feeling kind of burned out. And like, I felt like there was something else I was supposed to do with my life. Although I had no idea what it was, but I had a chat with my dad and kind of boldly said, you know, I, I think I want to leave. And he was very supportive. And um, it ended up taking a year longer, though, um, to be able to leave because we decided to sell it. And so it took a while to kind of list it and, you know, entertain potential buyers and and actually, um, you know, turning over the keys. So that last year, I was really just raring to go into my new life, whatever that meant. And I I, um, found myself quite out of balance. And since I'm one that tries to kind of be the best version of myself, um, I sat down one day and just wrote down, thought about it and wrote down five things that I thought would help me stay in balance during this time period. And so that's what I did. And I found that they really helped. And then I just kind of felt like I was intuitively drawn to kind of expand that list and write a book, even though I'd never really written a book before. So I sat down and while I was at work there and, and just, wrote it in maybe a little over a month and you know it's a it's not a huge book but um but it just kind of poured through me and and it was fun and exciting and new and and so I ended up self-publishing it and this is you know 2009 and and I didn't know how to market anything back then and and um and I was probably hadn't come to grips fully with my own self 
um, worthiness uh, at the moment. So I was probably a little shy to market it as well. But it ended up winning a couple of awards, which really was exciting. I didn't sell a whole lot, but um, it, it's a, you know it was a fun book, and I was re- I'm really proud of it. And but it, what it did was just give me a bit of a direction as I stepped out of my old job. And so I moved to Reno um, from Oregon. My son lives there and I wanted to be near him while he was in high school. And so I just kind of reconnected with him and just kind of reinvented myself or, or found out who I really was. And um, I was terrified to speak in public and so I knew that I would need to learn how to do that a little bit more comfortably if I wanted to talk about the book and such. So I just forced myself to take community college speech classes. Um, I did Toastmasters for a little while. I I co-hosted my own internet radio show with someone who was experienced. I, I created an interactive workshop. I just did a lot of things to force myself out of my comfort zone it was painful at times, but it just got easier and easier. And, you know, I made some, met some good people along the way and it just, it's a process. And I think I had to work a little harder at being comfortable in front of folks than some people do, but, um, you know, there's, there's obviously a reason for it. And it's just, uh, I even took an acting class cause I thought that would help too. And I had no plans of acting, but that kind of, um, we, I have a fun story about that. We can talk about later when we get to that stuff if you'd like, but, it was just, you know, I just just kept pushing my comfort level and boundaries and, and just kept stepping out. So Guitar Man, a, a wonderful yeah. short, uh, that takes Thank place you. in Reno. Was that during that time or subsequently? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I took that acting class and didn't really think much about acting after it was over. And about a, well, a couple of weeks after that, I had this dream. Um, that was kind of a story of Guitar Man, and I woke up and I wrote it down, and then I met a young filmmaker randomly a couple of weeks after that, and I said, hey, <clears throat> I have an idea for a short film. I have no idea how to do it. I've never acted before, but I'd like to give it a try, and he said, let's do it. And so we found ourselves on the streets of Reno shortly after that and, and made Guitar Man, and it was so empowering for me because um, – I feel like it has a lot of good messages, but I'd never played guitar in front of anybody before and or acted. And so there I was doing both. And so that was just kind of woke me up to the possibilities of acting. And uh, so then I just followed my intuition and moved to LA four years ago and have been pursuing that as well. Fascinating taking all these steps boldly into a total different <laughs> uh, path. So what, what, what would be the next, bold step you find yourself making that, mm. that, that you that you kind of ease into no you don't ease into it you sweat <laughs> into it it's kind of rearing yourself uh, to face your fears which i know is one of your things What's the next yeah one? i'd like to i'd like to speak more um and i know that i'll, I'll you know I, I know that i'll be fine and i you know but it's just sometimes i don't know there's just little little things that um I don't know how do I want to say this. You know, there's, we all have fear, absolutely. And and I don't know, just some every once in a while, I kind of go. I think we all go through kind of roller coaster waves of feeling more confident and feeling a little less confident, feeling more confident, feeling a little less confident. And uh, I think it's getting close for me to uh, time to just really start focusing on speaking more. It's 
it, it gets it's a little con- tough and confusing because I've got so many different things going on, Carol. And, and at times, I'm going to be honest, I get overwhelmed and maybe nothing will happen for a week or something, but maybe that's a time when I need to take a break too. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to juggle all these balls of kids' books and self-help books and, and acting and going to auditions and creating some other projects and and um, seeds and tending some seeds that I've planted. So it, it at times it does get a little overwhelming. So I really... My, I'm kind of my own worst enemy at times. I probably get in my head a little too much and try to kind of maybe um, think my way through things rather than just kind of do what I did originally and just kind of follow my bliss and my joy and let things kind of happen organically. I mean, a lot of the stuff, all the stuff that we've talked about already, I they just kind of almost happened effortlessly. You know what I mean? And And so when I find myself... And I'm actually kind of going through a phase right now where I'm just a little tired and I've probably been trying to push. And and, um, I think it's just I'm being told just to relax and just kind of flow into it and and just let things happen. And and um, but it's not always easy because I'm driven and I kind of have an idea and feel like I know where I'm headed. And um, when I was three, I told my mom I was put here to inspire people. And so I really do want to do it on a pretty big scale, whatever that means, you know, and and. Um, this whole journey has been interesting because I do want to do it, but yet I've been doing it with shaking knees. It's not like I'm seeking, I'm, I'm not like I'm seeking the limelight. It's just, I feel like it's my job or it's my mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You laugh, at, you laugh at yourself when you say that. Does that just, does that kind of like hard to come out of you to confess it? <laughs> um. Hmm. Maybe what I say it out loud inside, I know I know what I'm supposed to do, and that's why I've worked so hard and I've done so many tough things and stepped out of my comfort zone so much. It's just I know that I'm it's it's what I'm I'm here to do, and so I'm doing it. You know what I mean? I'm trying to do it, and and I've really had to work hard to solidify my foundation and and get myself in a place of you know being um, being. Mm-hmm. Owning myself, you know, worthiness and, and, and such. I know it's a thing that a lot of us are working on and work on and have worked on. And, and that's been something that I've had to work on myself, too. So, you know, it, I know a lot of people look at maybe the accomplishments that I've done and they how could that be possible. And, well, <laughs> I've had to scratch and claw for all of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess it was kind of my initial point is that I, with the use of guided imagery and inspiration and intuition, comes a yeah. whole lot of, of scratching and clawing and, and, and moving yourself to something and having a kind of mental internal discipline uh, or focus that puts you into action. It sounds like um, sometimes you have to hold yourself back or you feel like the universe is holding you back to rest. Uh, but there is mm-hmm. that, that, that movement inside that requires you to do, 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 do. That's, that is that puts the universe in motion around you as well as on the inside of you. And it sounds like that's kind of built into who you are already. You don't have to work on the urge to no, do. Some I'm do. really self-motivated. It's my own detriment. Um, I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> and there's a perfectionist part of me too that, that, has, um, that can cause me some issues as well. <laughs> 
Well, I appreciate your uh, your rawness of being able to talk about your sure your your, your complic- the complications and going ahead, and that that's part of your message of inspiration is is for people mm-hmm. to know, hey, go for it, even though there may be hesitation. I know the very first day that I met you. You told me about your TED Talks. And I went, oh, TED Talks. Yes, I've been meaning to go ahead and try to switch to that. And you just looked at me straight in the eyes, someone you didn't even know, and said, yeah, you should just go do it. And I kind of thought, oh, boy, that just <laughs> cut through it all. That cut through it all. Went home, said, okay, what do I have to do to be on a TED Talk? And uh, watched your TED Talk and was duly uh, inspired. It, it was like, oh, of you. course, I, I do public speaking all the time. Why would I even hesitate to think that TED Talks is not reachable or anything else wasn't reachable? That's your message, isn't it? Things are reachable. Yeah. Go do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's uh, most all the, every, a lot of the, pretty much everything we've talked about, I just was given an opportunity or just felt like I was supposed to do it. And I just kind of said yes and moved into it. The, the TEDx talk, <clears throat> I had not really, I hadn't, I hadn't really entertained the thought of doing one. It just, I, I met a guy in Reno briefly and, he remembered me and he called me out of the blue when I was here in California and said, Hey, I'm curating a, an event here. And I think you'd be a good addition. Would you like to join us? And I just gulped and said, yes. And I had three months to get ready. Mm, nice. <laughs> so, so I wrote it in about a month and then I just practiced the crap out of it for two months. And, <laughs> and you know, it was scary, but it was, it was, it was very empowering too. It was, it was you know, and, I think a lot of it is just, you know, we make it, we make it heavy just because we put all this pressure on ourselves and we, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be videotaped and it's going to be there forever and what have you. Mm -hmm. But um, if we just, and this is something I'm I'm constantly trying to remind myself and um, it's just, you know, just share, just, just be yourself and share and just don't worry about what it's going to do or, you know what I mean? Just, just, just the people that are supposed to hear, well, here and and um, let go of the expectations because expectations have been a little bit of a bugger for me um, at times too. But um, yeah, I think you should do one. <laughs> yeah, I, I shall. I'll let you know. You, you know, shall. You will. I shall. I will. Uh, let's uh, let's explore searching for happiness for a moment. I want to put this a little bit in yeah. the listener's ear on behalf of a program mm-hmm. that I'm part of, which is the Inner Peace Summit. And that is being mm-hmm. uh, released with 26 amazing speakers. I get to be one of them. I'm just absolutely thrilled. It's originating out of Australia. Thank you. With a, a wonderful mediator and interviewer, Julie Carnes, who has a vision for awakening people. And just like you do, just like I do. So there's this, this movement toward awakening and uh, inner peace is her her verb, my verb in that is that I've finished a book called Inner Peace, sorry, Kiss Method for Inner Peaceful Living. And I am interviewing people for that book. And so, Brian, here you are. You're on the interview. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what, what does inner peace mean to you? And secondly, oh, if you're going to shift people into their inner peace, what would be your way of contributing to people? shifting into their inner peace moment. So again, the first question, what does inner peace mean to you? And we'll get to the second one in a moment. We're going to give you a moment. What does inner peace mean to you? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it means a lot of things, but I think ultimately it means we need to accept ourselves for who we are and what we have to work with fully and just to love ourselves and to know that we're enough um, just with who we are and what, you know, what we've been presented with. And, and I think that's something that we probably all work are working on, you know, and, and some of us probably aren't aware uh, of that, but that's something that that's, I've had to work on so much, you know, but, um, hmm. wow. I think, it all, it I think it all stands with just really accepting yourself for who you are and just, just unconditionally loving yourself because that is the foundation for everything else that we do. It reminds me of the stories where people talk about in their dreams, wrestling with themselves, that their own self becomes a demon that they wrestle with. And it's almost as if you're saying, am I enough? Am I enough? Am I enough? Yes. No. And I've had to, I've fought with those demons a lot. I mean, really, I think if, we can just truly, fully, wholeheartedly just love ourselves for who we are and just everything else just falls into place and, and most everything else that has caused issues or problems in the past just go away, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, there's, we're always, you know, especially with social media and you go on there and you see everybody's best version of themselves and so sometimes that makes, maybe when we're witnessing it, it makes us feel less or worthy or what have you and that's just a really, you know, minor little example, but um we can just really just be comfortable with who we are and everything else just kind of melts away. And, and, you know, and I, we just, if we can stand in our power, then it just, there's no better, better thing to do. And obviously there's a lot of ways to, to help nurture inner peace, you know, like meditation and healthy living and eating well and exercise and, and and um, healthy relationships and stuff like that. But I think ultimately it just comes down to acceptance, self-acceptance. Do you uh, do you feel that on some level, though, that the, the demon of not accepting yourself has actually driven you to improve yourself so that mm. <laughs> you are? I mean, if you were completely content with who you are, you wouldn't. Yeah. be out there trying to prove yourself if you were content and you said well right. no, i'm not that but i'm fine with that i don't need to be that you wouldn't be a public speaker you wouldn't be a writer you wouldn't be an actor you wouldn't be a, the founder of reawakened media you wouldn't be out there doing <laughs> talks. so is this part of you that well drives? no it's interesting yeah it's interesting because it does add fuel to the fire um for sure yeah mm-hmm. and and i think it's a combination of that of trying to prove my own self-worthiness to myself as well as also um, tapping into my creativity and really just feeling fully alive and connected to source when I am creating, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a combination. Um, And, and the third part of that is wanting to really make a difference and try to just wake people up to the fact that they are enough. You know what I mean? That's, I don't ever really try to tell anybody what to do with all my stuff. I just try to get them to kind of, just just feel happy and inspired by what they've witnessed and maybe learn learn a few things by you know me sharing my own journey but just ultimately it all comes around to just letting them know that they're enough and so i think there's like for me it's three parts that are kind of in that little stew you the second question is what would you do in this moment to shift someone into an inner peaceful place and while you're thinking about which which of your talents you're going to manifest right <laughs> oh, now you, you write Great poetry. I love your video on uh, about happiness and 
guitar man. I, I, I've seen that a long time ago. It was interesting to go, oh, this is, this is Brian's? Oh, okay. So, it, <laughs> it, it, so you know, what in this moment would you do that would help people to shift into their inner peace as a place where they can spring out of in an awakened and also maybe very proactive way? Well, it's it's not it's easier said than done, but I I think hmm, you know just and I've already just I just said this, but just you know just hey everybody out there, you are enough. And speaking from someone who's had to work on it himself, you know just just love and accept yourself for who you are because you're amazing and and you you know you are enough. And. Uh, can I share my my light poem with you? Because I think that that kind of yes. Flows. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have you have time? Okay. Oh, sure. Oh, All right. Yes. <clears throat> so this is called Lights, and I wrote it maybe um, I don't know five years ago or something, and I actually used it at the end of the TEDx talk. But um, can you see your light inside you? It shines both day and night, leading you both near and far, keeping your path on in sight. Can you feel your light inside you as it courses through your veins? Inspired greatness housed within to share for all to gain. Can you taste your light inside you? Flavored, sweet, and pure. Water, land, and truthful food grant energy and cures. Can you hear your light inside you as it speaks to you in song, guiding you to flow each day, helping you stay strong? Can you touch your light inside you? Compassion, joy, and heat. A tender kiss, a warm embrace. Rituals to be complete. Can you sense your light inside you? It's spoken from within. Hunches, feelings, heartfelt signs. Giving life a whole new spin. And will you trust your light inside you? Your gifts, your being, your core. True greatness lay in wait to be shared, enjoyed, explored. Mm. So, mm, yeah. yeah. So I wrote I, I wrote mm-hmm. that for myself first and foremost, I think a long time ago. I, I didn't really realize it at the time. You know, just but um but it's I find it to be truth. Okay, folks. So that's your that's your shift into inner peace and you have wonderful film about that. Is that correct? I'm trying to remember. I think I saw that on a film and I've, I've read it from you. How can people access that? The, the light poem um, yeah. on that little video with the, the video. Um, it's, it's on my website. Um, it's, you know, it's on YouTube. It's on my website and uh, all the short films and little videos on the TEDx talk are all on my website. So again, that's gbrianbenson.com, gbrianbenson.com. Well, Brian, now I'm going to move you into something very vulnerable and personal. You ready? <laughs> you thought we Uh-oh. Just... <laughs> I thought I already I thought, I thought I was already there. <laughs> did, did I get your defenses up and your, your metabolism? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm in the corner sucking my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, welcome to this. Again, this is extending from the fact that I'm, that uh, I've developed the KISS <laughs> method. And the KISS method is, is spiraled into a lot of different books and inspirational sorts of things. And Brian, you mentioned in your poem about the KISS. 
And I find mm-hmm. that one of the things that really shifts people into recognizing a space inside of them that's very dynamic is to move into a most memorable kiss. And I'm wondering if you would share the story of your most memorable, meaningful kiss. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I've got all these thoughts going through my head like, uh, yeah, um, hmm, hmm. I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank. I mean, oh, that's horrible. Uh, I mean, part of me doesn't want to like, you know, uh, hmm. you, I didn't, I wasn't, yeah, you didn't warn me about this one. No. Um, <laughs> so everybody think, was, I, well, okay, I'll just about combination. I think any time that you can really, if you're with someone who you feel accepts you for who you are and you accept them for who they are unconditionally, and, you know, you can just, I don't know, have open communication and just feel feel safe and, you know, just feel safe around them, number one, but just feel safe to share your, your honest thoughts and feelings. And and you can, I don't know, just connect in that way in and of itself. I think, you know, that's a form of intimacy, obviously. But, I mean, you know, if you want to throw in a kiss or or making love or what have you, I mean, that's that's icing on the cake to all of that. You know, if you can do it with someone who you really, really – are able to open your heart up to and vice versa. And just, but, but, but most importantly, just be able to be yourself and really authentically speak your truths, then that's probably the most awesome kiss I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? I kind of dodged it, but I'm also Yeah, you triple. sure did. I, I'm going to call that a dodge. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't name names or anything. I mean, I'm, Oh, no, you don't have yeah. to. So, so, you know, while you're sweating through this, the reason I ask this question is, number one, because it really does let us all know it, our most vulnerable connection. Uh, and that's exactly <laughs> what you've kind of revealed. Like, I'm not sure I want to reveal that most vulnerable connection. So I'm going to generalize it. And secondly, the way you did generalize, it really does uh, speak to one way in which a kiss symbolizes so much um, and mm-hmm. has essentially so much power. I mean, it can be very superficial and just sensual but even sensuality itself is very powerful it wakes up the oh, yeah. energies of the body it's a it's a total chakra opener if you're into chakra energy systems it's a it's a way of integrating your entire body and that way it's the kind of kundalini of life in, in that regard it, it also is a mm-hmm. way of moving your body into this emotional social connection that's about another person where you're receiving and you're giving there's so many dimensions to a meaningful kiss, and that's why mm-hmm. I have the kiss method. And mm-hmm. in sharing about it, Brian, people get to know you, and they mirror inside of their own brain a deep experience in themselves that wakens mm-hmm. up kind of an awakening that wakens up the all of their body, their mind, their social connection, their power to give and receive love. And that's mm-hmm. why I, I, I say this idea of the first meaningful kiss or the meaningful kiss. What, what does that mean inside of you? 
So you've given us a great expository. Are you ready to go personal? <laughs> well, I mean, I, uh, there's a part of me, I'm, I'm an outgoing introvert. And so there's that introverted part of me that, you know, the, about relationships and I'm kind of like private and just, you know, I don't kiss and tell much, but I mean, I'm single right now. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just something that, I don't know if you're going to get exactly what you want from me answer wise, but I just think that it's something that we all definitely desire and there's nothing better than feeling connected with somebody. I mean, everything else just falls to the wayside and, and you know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. How do you want me to answer that question? I don't. I want to see. I'm, I, you are. You're answering. You want to see me post. squirm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's not not a single interview that's worth listening to that doesn't have the person squirming because that's where we're really at. <laughs> that's where we're all at. We're we're at yeah. the squirm inside of us, that vulnerable inside, yeah. vulnerability inside of us, versus the way we present ourselves in a in in a perfect sort of scenario. But you know, you, when you mentioned that you're kind of an introvert. An ambivert, you're, you're, a, you're an extrovert, you know, whatever sort of labels along those lines, and you don't mm-hmm. want to kiss and tell. Do you realize that you've just really manifested that the sacredness of that experience is something that you want to hold sacred? And the sacredness of that experience is something you therefore want to hold private. Uh, and that for each of us on this planet, we walk around in a private planet called ourselves. A huge planet. Mm-hmm. It has trillions and trillions of cells in it of, uh, that all have this little etched in the thing that has our DNA. Your name is on every cell in your body. And that's a private world that you live. And mm-hmm. that private world that you live <laughs> wakes up in that intimate moment. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a very intimate, private moment. So you're, you're still reeling from that. Should I move you off of that into what is your favorite video <laughs> that is actually an expression of a private moment? And, and you're still squirming. I, I, that's so authentic of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, well, um, I'm not quite sure what I – I mean, you can ask me whatever you want. I'm fine squirming, yes, but it's okay. I mean, I've learned about myself in times like this, so it's okay. But, it's beautiful. Um, uh, so how about, yeah. how about searching for happiness? Tell, that video yeah. was right in the middle of me preparing for the Inner Peace Summit talks uh, when I saw mm. that. And, and mm-hmm. I saw that in the video, the book is you know, Searching for Happiness by G. Brian Benson. And tell us a little bit about a, that you know, video. Mock, That's a very book, moving. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thank you. You know, I had came up with the idea that when I was in Reno, and I really wanted it to be like I, what like it's in the finished product is, and I won't share too much because I don't want to spoil it for people, but I wanted there to be no dialogue. And and the guy that I did Guitar Man with kind of, he wanted to have dialogue. And I said, you know, I, I, I really feel strongly about this, but thank you. And so I just held on to it, the idea. And then um, met a young filmmaker here a couple of years ago, and, and we did it. And so in a nutshell, I, it's interesting looking back at it, I mean, I think everything that I've done probably has bits and pieces of my own personal story woven in there. And so this whole searching for happiness thing, I mean, I, like most everybody else, was searching for happiness, you know. And here I was writing all this stuff and creating all this stuff, but yet there was parts of me that wasn't really happy. And, And I think... 
you know, it really does come down to just offering ourselves up to be of service and, and, and that, you know, kind of like he does in the film at the end. And, um, so after it was finished, I just, I, I don't know why it's so silly. I didn't realize it before, but you know, yeah, it was kind of autobiographical a little bit, (laughs) but, but I, you know, I just, uh, yeah, it's something that we're all that we're all looking for outside of ourselves, <clears throat> and, and and it's yeah, of course, some things can bring us happiness that are outside of ourselves, of course, but but ultimately, if we want it to be sustainable and authentic, it's it's from within, and that's why it's so important to really work on yourself and get to that place of loving yourself and and accepting yourself for who you are and what you have to work with. And then everything else just flows so much better. And um, and I think service can definitely um, be a huge, you know, contributor. And, and it, I think they go hand in hand. I deal with a lot of people who come in with a clinical depression as a psychologist and the formula mm-hmm. of exercise combined with good eating, combined with sleeping, mm-hmm. combined with random acts of kindness, which is what <laughs> that beautiful uh, movie, uh, film short is all about. And th- those are actually uh, powerfully capable of activating all the serotonin and oxytocin and dopamine, et cetera, inside yeah. our hormonal system that assists being happy. It, it's interesting though, because I, had this dialogue with a wonderful hypnotherapist, Dr. Shelley Stockwell, where her whole verb is happiness and mine is not. And I think that that's very important in, in my book, uh, Kiss Methods for Living. I ask mm-hmm. people to find out what their GPS is. What is your particular guiding system that guides your steps? For me, mm-hmm. I have to feel that what I'm doing is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm unhappy, if it's meaningful, I have no problem with it. But I have to understand the meaningfulness, and it has to be deeply meaningful, not just, gee, it's nice to make mm-hmm. sure the dishes are done so I can come to a clean kitchen. Not to say that that's not meaningful, <laughs> but that's really not what sure. brings me up. So what, of your GPS systems, what, <sighs> is, what is that internal guide inside of you? Is it happiness? Is it accomplishment? Is it? Watching someone's response when you've inspired them? Is it to boldly go where no one dares to go? What is your GPS? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a really fascinating question. I'm not entirely sure. I, I do know the path that I'm on, and I feel like I know where it's headed. Um, and, and But yet, that's not what drives me. It's just like it's... it's uh, it's something that's kind of unspoken or even unidentified. It just it gets me up in the morning to to do what I do, and I mean, I guess you could just call it source. I mean, the universe, whatever you want, you know, however you want to describe it. Um, but you know, of course, it, it's it's wonderful. I, I I do truly and really almost my happiest when I am in the middle of creating something, you know what I mean? Like, you know, writing a poem or, or, or a, a book or, or what have you, the, the, 
the marketing and all that other kind of peripheral stuff is not my favorite thing to do, and I need help with that. Um, you know, although I try, but uh, the creating is brings me much much joy. And you know, when people say that they have enjoyed something that I've created, that that brings me joy too. Although I'm still working on that a little bit of, of really authentically letting that in. You know what I mean? And um, and um, because there's part of me that feels like what I do, anybody can do. And there's a part of me that doesn't feel like I'm doing anything special or or maybe because it hasn't brought me a certain monetary reward. It doesn't necessarily – I mean, I know that that's not what brings happiness and stuff, and, and that's not why I'm doing it. Um, but I think, you know, there's just – there's a few things that I'm – that I'm working through myself as far as really letting in um, people's compliments and stuff. And, uh, but it, you know, it's much better than it used to be. <laughs> Can you reveal to us what your five items were that were related to Brian's list oh. that catapulted you on this yeah. path? Yeah. Um, let me see. Let me think here. Uh, one was drink more water. One was get some daily exercise. One was make sure I got enough sleep. Another one was um, to make sure that I allowed myself um, some quiet time every day. And the final one was to make sure that I allowed myself to be creative every day. And and back then, I wasn't really doing all that I'm doing now, but, uh, you know, I, I'd like to play the guitar a little bit. And so that was kind of a form of being creative for me and um, a way to kind of tap in and, you know, just kind of, it was a form of meditation, you know, and, <laughs> and looking back, you know, exercising and training and all those things, you know, all those countless hours I put in, those are kind of like forms of meditation too, those long runs, okay. and those long bike rides and, and, and such. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, those were the five. Do you think that you would add another five uh, along the following lines? You mentioned source or universe. What are the five, powerful spiritual practices that you have that undergird your soul, uh, your creativity, your bravery, Mm -hmm. stepping into your Mm -hmm. fears. So what would be the five spiritual practices that you feel are core to your days? And again, you haven't pre-thought any of these answers out, so I wonderfully enjoy taking you on. (laughs) Well, I I think... Trust comes up for me, you know, trust in the journey. Um, and I think trust and surrender, they could be separate or they could go hand in hand. Uh, surrender to to what's happening and, um, and just kind of allow it to flow. And, and um, I think meditation is definitely one. Mm-hmm. And see trust surrender i think allow probably follows falls into those first two a little bit surrender allow trust um meditation i think connection um is just popping into my head right now um and that can probably be utilized in a lot of different ways i mean i've really pretty much done all that i can do by myself and i'm i'm needing assistance you know to to get my my um, creations out into the world in a bigger way. And, and, you know, and I'm starting to be open to um, collaborations a little bit and and what have you and and stuff. And so 
think connection is really important and, and being open to that because um, initially there was a part of me that's just this driven perfectionist part of me that probably wasn't as open to that as I, I needed to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and so it, it's a joint effort. And uh, what else am I missing here? Hmm. I think... Oh, this is yeah. I I I don't allow myself to have as much fun as I should. I'm 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 really working on that hard, and I've just <laughs> I most of my time is spent just kind of like you know creating or trying to think of ways to market through creating or whatever. You know what I mean? I have a lot of gets heavy sometimes thinking about um, what I should do or could do or you know we see all these emails and different classes to take and stuff like that and I mean I already kind of know what I need to know and I'm you know where I need to be and I just need to just really just trust and just just I need to have more fun and let loose and um and and open myself up to that and you know um and so I'm I'm working on that and so I think that's really important too because there has to be a work-life balance and uh for sure so is this Brian's list, 40, 42 and a half or 43 and a half? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's the next one. <laughs> so, the next title. So, okay, so let's walk into your children's books and mm-hmm. why children's books and why Steve and why you know, why all the, <laughs> the characters and stuff in the song. Well, that just kind of was odd. I I wrote a lot of these children's books a long time ago when I was um, in the family business and I had no plans of doing anything with them. They just kind of, they're all on rhyming um, models. And so for me, it was almost just kind of like a form of meditation. I would just, I didn't do it a lot, but I would sit down and just kind of just get an idea about a character and I would just kind of start a story. and, And magically enough, it would kind of, work out, you know what I mean? With the beginning, the middle and the ending. And it would just, it would, I'm not a trained writer by any means. And, um, so it's fun for me to do. And I just, uh, Steve, I started in 2004, got stuck halfway through on how to finish it. And it finished it like three years later in 2007. And then I moved to Reno a bit after that and met someone who worked for this company that made moving picture apps for books, children's books. And, and they, they signed, I signed a contract for them to do five of my stories and they Mm -hmm. started to work on it. And it was just so exciting and seeing the characters come to life. And, and, but then they ran out of money and the project stalled. And after a couple of years, I just, I wrote them and said, Hey, could you release me from the contract? And then um, finally I just last fall, I just kind of felt like, all right, it's time. And so I, I, found an illustrator that I liked and that I could work with. And we did Steve the alien and, um, and then coming out here in about a month, um, is the next one called Lucy and Chester's amazing adventures. And, um, so it's been a lot of fun and I'm really, I'm really proud of Steve the alien. That was, that was a lot of fun, but I'm really, really proud of this next one. It's, um, I think it's going to be a really fun, um, inspiring and empowering book for, for girls. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, so yeah, you know, it's 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 that's kind of what's happened with that. And I have a lot more that are just kind of waiting to go. Um I'm I've self-published both of these. Obviously, it would be wonderful to find a publisher to do them. Um 
but uh yeah it's 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 but, been fun and mhm but you know you say it'd be great to find a publisher but you've been number 1 on Amazon so th- congratulations on that and well thank you thank you can you share you. us a story that is yet again another way to inspire your listeners to have a, a richer day yeah you know what i've got a little thing here I did the Orange County Children's Book Festival a couple months ago and, and, you know, rented a table and sold Steve and pre-orders for Lucy and Chester's. And I was also um, invited to do a story on the storyteller stage. So I read Steve, but I also wrote something brand new for that event. And I, I'll read it to you. I think it's fun. It's, it's called The Joys of Reading. And um, it's kind of obviously geared for children, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it, whether make it into a book or something else. But here you go. Reading is hip and reading is cool. You can do it at home or in class while at school. With your teacher's help and your parents' support, you can learn new words like share, smile, and snort. A book is your friend, rock solid and true. It smiles when you're happy, consoles when you're blue. Full of wisdom, grace, and all kinds of soul, it's a walk in the clouds, a gentle, kind stroll. A book is a journey, a magical ride to planets and worlds near, far, and wide. You can read about cities, people, animals, and birds just by picking up a book and learning new words. You can read short stories, long stories, stories about cows, or a simple little rhyme like I'm reading right now. A book explores places, strange, lovely, and new, where a house that was purple lived a dog that was blue. You can meet pirates and cowboys and heroes galore, or a princess or fairy from a land long before. Books are expressions just waiting to be read soulfully crafted for your mind to be fed. The best part for me is that I can share books with others, like my mom or my dad or my sister or brother. We have the experience of reading together at home, in the car, and during all kinds of weather. When you practice to read each brand new day, it will help you in life to go a very long way. And please, please remember and don't ever forget, you are quite very special, and I'm so glad we met. (laughs) That's wonderful. Thank you. Do you it, 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 being inspired to write a ch- children's book that helps women or girls become empowered is certainly germane in the me, hashtag Me Too world where mm-hmm. women are finally saying enough, enough, enough. And uh, yeah. so to what degree does that book address the fundamentals to what women need to know about themselves? Well, I, I don't know if it's it's really hmm. – I think it, it's more of a fun book that, that just has this little girl, Lucy, doing all these different adventures. And, and some of them originally might not have been thought of as being appropriate for women, you know what I mean? And right. and so I just has her kind of traveling and visiting all over the world, her, her, a, a dream with her stuffed animal, Chester. And they visit a whole bunch of different locations around the world, and it's rhyming. And I don't know, I just think it's – I don't know if it – I'm not quite sure how to answer your question. I mean, I understand it, but I, I think that it just maybe just in, hopefully will instill in the little girls that read it just the idea that they can go do whatever they want if they put their mind to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that in turn will help them, um, I don't know, uh, not be afraid to speak up um, or – you know, and it may be their true authentic self and, and own that and not feel like they need to um, 
be silent in, in a variety of different ways. So one of the thoughts about children and adults, the child in each of us, is how easy it is for people to feel bullied, uh, mm. to, be the vi- mm-hmm. to, to be the victim, to be so guys or girls, uh, you know, yeah. men or women. Yeah. The whole idea that the, the most powerful in the room has the potential of being a bully and why is yeah. that person designated as the most powerful person in the room? <laughs> why would not the humane and uh, a strongly compassionate person be the most powerful person in the room? So speaking to the idea of bullies and being bullied and, and having to have the tenacity to move forward regardless of the things that frighten you. And one of the things that frighten us are the people who look more powerful than we are. Uh, mm-hmm. the, what do you think about that? Gosh, well, I think with the whole Hollywood thing, I mean, there's, it's obviously he has what a lot of people want. You know, he has the keys to unlocking their dreams, so to speak. And so I think that probably played into a lot of that. And so, you know, it's horrible, but, um, I've, I've been a victim of bullying myself and, and back in high school and, I, I played baseball on the JV baseball team as a sophomore, and there was just a couple of us, and the older guys really hazed us a lot. And there were three or four guys that really got on me, and one of them thought I looked like a monkey, and so they all started calling me that the whole season. And truthfully, it really – I've had to work through that a lot. It, it made me not feel very attractive for quite a long time. And – uh and uh, so I totally understand and feel um, how it can really, you know, make a difference in someone's life and really just, I don't know, uh, you know, find, fighting the words here, um, can really negatively impact people, the, the whole bullying thing. And so, I'm glad, obviously, you know, there's light being shown on a lot of negative, horrible things right now, and it's good, you know, it's not good that it happened, but it's good that light is being shown on now, and and so that that hopefully a lot of this stuff will start to be cleaned up, and people can start being, you know, being um, safe in who they are, and, 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 and just feel comfortable with who they are, and not have to feel like they're less than um, for one reason or another because of somebody else made them feel that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just a lot of, lot of turmoil going. It, appear, it appears that there's a lot of turmoil going on in the world right now. And unfortunately, I think a lot of it is due to the fact that that's all they show on the news. And, and you know, I don't watch the news hardly at all. And, and, and in some ways, I hope that <clears throat> I think it's eventually going to be a good thing because it's waking people up, you know, whether it's, Mm-hmm. Um, who's currently in the Oval Office or, or just a variety of things, it's waking people up to to take a little stronger stand and say, no, not anymore, for whatever thing they're discussing or talking about. You know what I mean? So right. it's it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it has. we have to go through this. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like when you decide to move from one house to the other. You have to throw everything away. It's a mess. Things <laughs> in boxes, out of boxes. You're completely chaotic, and you move into your new place. It's still chaotic, and then you slowly yeah. cluster it down to something that has order and beauty and progression. 
I think that one well, of the it, things... Well, ultimately, that, authenticity is what we, we, we all strive to be and want. And mm-hmm. right now, there's so many things that are not authentic. And mm-hmm. that's why it's, it's just it's frustrating as heck. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that... I didn't mean that, to interrupt you. No, I, I, never. It, it, fear is one of the messages that you uh, approach in a lot of your work. Fear. Mm-hmm. Whether it's fear of giving or fear of being given to or fear of being bold or fear of can I succeed or fear of am I enough and things like that and mm-hmm. fear is a on one level it's a byproduct of assuming that the power exists outside you to make you feel okay inside <laughs> you sure so the power is outside me that someone's going to make me a star the power is outside me to love and accept me the power is outside me to make me feel attractive, the power is outside me. And if the outside, which is not really in my control, I can influence it, but I can't control it. If the outside is not friendly or uses my longing for them to affirm me against me, I am setting myself to be a victim and a bully. So that is fear a manifestation of having placed the power and the affirmation outside you as opposed to the power being inside you. Uh, and what do you think of that as we approach our ending of the program? Oh, I totally agree. And it's it's been my own personal mission, you know, what I've been working on as well, absolutely, you know, through a lot of, um, a lot of my life. And, and I just, my goal is just to let people know, as I learned myself, <laughs> that it is inside of us. And um, what, a, what is a great quote? What is it from the Wizard of Oz where I think Glenda the Good Witch says you had the power all along or something, you know what I mean? And it's, it's mm-hmm. true. Um, but we just, <clears throat> Earth's not easy. Um, there's so many different things that can pull our attention away from, you know, our, our true selves. And you know, society, our families, the news, just whatever, you know, I mean, just our environments and, but uh, I just, yeah, I just want I want people to know that they are enough, hmm. just being who they are, hmm. and and just it's okay to be you, and it's okay to to do what you want to do, and it's you know what I mean. It's just it's it's okay to be. I don't know. It's it's just something I've really had to work hard on. I think part of a lot of it had to do with that experience I had in high school. Hmm. You know, it kind of sidetracked me. Um, for quite a long time. And, and then to uh, what degree has it has it got kept you on a track that you might not have otherwise have been motivated to pursue? It's a kind of... You know, it's it's really hard to say. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, and I don't think there are any accidents, obviously. I think, you know, everything's kind of lined up for us kind of before we come here anyways. I mean, there's some free will, but I think that maybe uh, has to do with how much we're paying attention to our intuition and such, and it could be a little smoother ride <laughs> If we do that, or it could be a little bumpier if we don't. But um, but I think everything definitely happens for a reason, and it's I've really you know been kind of in my I, I pay attention to my own life a lot and kind of sit in the observer role um, most of the time. And and just looking back, it's interesting to see how one thing led to another, or needed to happen to have you know you know what I mean. And, and so it's just uh, it's fascinating it is but mm-hmm. the key thing to do is to have fun and just enjoy it and, and I've been way too serious and so I'm I'm trying to <laughs> I'm talking to myself as I say that but no it's so true I mean 
when we do have fun, our vibrations lifted and everything just flows better. And it's just, yeah, have fun. Of course, whatever is fun fun for you may be fun for someone else. There we go back to that guided system of what is your, what's your verve. Brian, Mm -hmm. we have reached the end. I thank you so much for your time. (laughs) Thank you for letting me ask some (laughs) thought-provoking questions. I ask them so that the listeners also ask themselves those questions. And I thank you for sharing your soul so that we can all get in touch Mm -hmm. with our own. Any last words you'd like to say? No, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Um, you know, no, it's been it's been great, and I don't mind being put on the hot seat. It's it's it's, it's good for me. <laughs> very, very and, uh, cool. But no, that, yeah, a lot of great questions, and, and I hope that that your listeners um, enjoyed it as well. Yeah, wake up, everybody. Wake right. up, wake up to your life. Wake up to you. Wake up to your meaningfulness, your fun, your happiness, whatever is your verve. To move mm-hmm. forward, we all need each other to be awake so that we can live a life that's full and peaceful and productive. Wow, did I have to put that pinch <laughs> in there? You bet I did. Folks, enjoy your day. Thanks, Brian, for sharing your life. Thank you, Carol.